Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition. Right on time. <laughs> I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England zone. Hey, we got it done, didn't we? We we're, do. We're here. We do. The idea, see, that that's the difference between you and I, Lou, and the rest of the country. Yes. Is we have problems, we deal with them. Anyway, yes. uh, it's and not always efficient. It's not always pretty. Nope. Not always effective. And it's always we take responsibility and we do it. Yep. Unlike other people. Anyways, joining me is the professor, of course. Uh, Whenever you're feeling Lugosi. bad about something like that, just think about Afghanistan. See, it's not so bad. Oh, what a. <laughs> it's just. Uh, you don't know how much there. You know, I, I pretty much stay out of politics, but that one. Publicly, anyway publicly yeah uh absolutely irks the crap out of me yep. because of you know it and, and you know what even if it's happening okay at least take responsibility for it it's yep. like oh no well, yep. we 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 know we, we, we not we could do you know it's yep. like bullshit yeah anyway horrible yeah absolutely horrible I, it used to be no man left behind now it's everybody for themselves are yeah, you kidding me yeah. yeah exactly so anyways uh joining us is one of my favorite uh, people, um, she's a medium, the author of Medium Rare, and the proprietor of Positively Brilliant. And she is positively brilliant today in this natural light, unlike <laughs> us in this, look like we're corpses, don't you know that? I, don't, I didn't get to choose the lighting. Uh, anyways. It's my studio, but I didn't get to choose the lighting. Leslie Mudd, as you can't tell by her name on the thing. And it's spelled right, unlike me. Thank you. Well, Leslie, thank you for joining us. And Leslie yeah. just complete up. Oh, Leslie, we can't hear you. Why? Oh, no. Here we go. Oh, no. I, she's not muted, so. I'm not Leslie, muted. Leslie, we can't hear you. All right, Leslie, why don't you come, go out and come back in and we'll. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what see. else could go wrong this day? <laughs> no, it, just exit the studio, leave studio down the bottom, and then come back in with the same link. <laughs> Usually that does it. Bye. <laughs> It's just, really, <laughs> we were working with this not 10 minutes ago. It's Biden. <laughs> That's right. You heard us talking about him. <laughs> Facebook is covering up for Biden. Right? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, you can't talk politics on Facebook. That's what I guess. Honest to God. Here we go. Leslie, can you hear us? Can you hear us now? Say Thank something. Me. Oh, come really, on. Really? Yeah, your volume is really low. Volume is like super low. It was fine just a little while. Now you're good. You there sure? Yeah, now we can hear you fine. All right. All right, here we go again. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right, I don't even know where I was starting, but uh, I've got a couple of things I want to mention. And the first one, of course, uh, on last week's show, um, we talked about uh, the most badass nuns of all time. <laughs> 
So I figured I'd, I'd dip a new one in. And Leslie, that's not even hyperbole. They were badass. They were badass. <laughs> the last one was a, uh, a hit, hitman. Yeah, Spanish nun turned uh, hit woman. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's badass. <laughs> uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She was totally pardoned by the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. So she had godly reasons to become a hitman? I, I have no idea. Doesn't it sound like a Quentin Tarantino movie? Really? Yeah. <laughs> she she died following the duel with the husband of a woman she was hot for. So it's not nuns with guns. It's nuns with guns. <laughs> you naked naked guns, naked nuns with guns. That's the that's the movie. If you don't know what we're talking about, this is movie out there. It's called what? Naked naked nuns, nuns with guns. guns. And uh, yeah, there you go. I all I can tell so you. So she was a Hispanic hitman lesbian nun. We got wow. pardoned by the Pope. Yeah. Whew. Totally badass. Totally badass. All right. Who died in a duel with a <laughs> love his husband? I oh. have no idea. I love that story. Yeah. Well, there's more. Don't worry. So uh gonna we'll... go to church and light a candle for her. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is our next one. It is uh Annie Patchen, the warrior nun. Just like the okay. ultimate warrior in uh WWF. I think that's different, but yeah, okay. Could be. Yep. Anna Pachin was born in 1933 in Tibet. Ah, see? When she was 17, her parents uh, decided to marry her off. Get out. But she, but she had other plans. <laughs> she ran away and moved into a Buddhist, Buddhist monastery. Uh, a three weeks journey. So she went three weeks. She traveled by herself at 17 to this Buddhist monastery in Tibet. I just can imagine what the neighborhood was like. Sure. Uh, anyways, uh, she became a, a Buddhist nun in 1958. When her father died, she became leader of the family clan. All right. She took up arms and became a warrior nut, nun, nut, nun, <laughs> fighting to keep communists from China out of her homeland. She led her people in guerrilla warfare for a year. The Chinese caught her and threw her in jail because she refused to renounce the, the Dalai Lama. They didn't, don't like the Dalai Lama. She was beaten and hung by her wrists for a week and spent a year in leg irons and spent nine months in solitary confinement in, in an unlit jail cell. She spent the last 11 years of her sentence in the infamous Drapachi prison in the Tibetan capital of Lashahasa, or whatever the frick it is. <laughs> as soon as she was released from uh, a total of 21 years in prison, she went right back to her warrior ways, leading protests and demonstrations. Uh, she found out she was going to be put in jail again, so she ran away uh, to the border of Tibet and walked 25 days in deep snow to escape to uh, Nepal. She died in 2002. Well, she wasn't as badass as wow. the other one. I'll, I'll give yeah. you that one. She well, she did. She killed people. She led guerrilla warfare. That's pretty yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm reminded of the phrase, God hath no fury. <laughs> like a woman. So true. Period. Yeah. So Period. true. Period. Yeah. We so don't even need the end of that. True. Yeah. So true. So I, I've got a bitch in today. Um, nothing to do with you, uh, Leslie. Um, <laughs> I don't think there was a need to point that out. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> well, I just didn't want anybody to infer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and infer. I so, appreciate the reassurance. Thank you. Do you know who Zach Bagans is? Yes. 
Zach Bagans? Zach Bagans. I do not. Lou? Leslie knows. I know. Lou, you don't know who Zach Bagans is? I don't believe I do, no. Leslie? Where you been? I'm sorry. He doesn't watch the Travel Channel, apparently. It's the Ghost Adventurers. He's oh, like no, the I'm most sorry. prominent paranormal guy in the world today. Okay. Yeah. People, they did a poll in England, and most people aspire to the number one selection would be Zach Bacon's. If you were, who's their favorite, their aspired uh, paranormal investigator. So, anyways, he bought this. Uh, Guitar for six hundred and sixty-six dollars, a six-string guitar. Why First, would a paranormal guy pay six hundred and sixty-six dollars for anything? See, you don't know the Zach Bagans. Okay. Zach Bagans has a haunting museum. Yeah. So he buys all this crap and puts it in the museum, and people pay money to go see this museum. Plus, he gets to make a, a TV show out of the crap he buys. So did he manipulate the price of it? Like, was it a six fifty guitar? And he said, "No, I'll pay you six sixty six just for the story." You know what? That's the thing I kind of like want to talk about okay. is because, and I want your opinion on this too, Leslie, because there are a lot of people that put all kinds of crap on eBay and other places that are supposedly haunted or accursed or whatever, and people pay good money for it, uh, and. Uh, you know, and they're supposed to be haunted. So what's your thoughts on that? I think people like to try to make a quick buck. Um, other people feel that these items are ruining their lives because they want to place blame on something. Um, and some people have a legitimate gripe. Some people actually have haunted items. So it depends on the situation, I would think. I mean, there, since the beginning of time, if you look at of the Internet, uh, if you look at eBay, you'll find all kinds of crap. I mean, in our book, Ghost of Day, we, we talk about Grandpa's cane, the, where they sold this cane that supposedly had a ghost attached to it for infinite yep. ton of money. But uh, they had they actually wanted to sell his ghost, but they couldn't sell his ghost because you can't sell nothing on eBay. So you had to have us. You know, I've so he had his cane that was a torch attached to it. So, they're going to sell Grandpa's soul on eBay. <laughs> Pretty much. Huh? They have ghosts in the jar on eBay, I believe, okay. too. I'll get your next business for both of you. Okay, here we go. All right. I just want a piece of it. I don't want to do it, but I want a piece of it. Okay. I also work doing some shows with trading cards, baseball cards, things yep. like that. There are grading services that Ooh. will look at the authenticity of the card, make sure it's the correct card, and, and give you a uh, supposedly neutral grade, how good it is, what kind of condition it's in. You guys should start a haunted grading service. Oh, yeah, that would be terrific. Well, you could verify the haunted, like it's got a colic. It's a colic grade five haunting. <laughs> well, you've got enough. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so people, people, if they want to buy a haunted item, they want to make sure it's a legitimate haunted so item. So we, we could have like from one to ten tongues on it? One. <laughs> there you go. Colic. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first picture that came on my mind. I have no idea, probably because of the way you said it. Yeah. And it's like, so you, should do a great you know how they do stars on it, or, or little hands, or little things, so they have tongues. Colic. Graded. <laughs> it's not colic, it's colic. <laughs> so the grading system could be, if it's not very good, it's just a K. And if it's a, it's KO. And if it's a five star, it's colic because it's five letters. So right. you get the whole name, you got it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
just you guys look it over and, and Leslie takes a it has a feel for it and if if there's something there she gives it a if she gives it a grade see that's the problem with the the, the paranormal and it, it, it's just so subject subject subjected that too yeah uh yeah it is so I mean it really is I mean one person I mean no offense but people send me all their haunted trash to my I mean excuse me all their haunted items because there's terrible curses and there are horrible things that happen to them. I got Ouija boards and tarot cards and beads and who knows what else they send me. What's that? A photograph that you got. Oh, God. Photograph. Well, that one's real. Don't you <laughs> out my photograph. That thing is. You just think what happened to the thing. We got this stupid virus now. Look what's Afghanistan's going down. All because of that stupid freaking photograph. I'm telling you. If there's a market for hunted items on eBay, why aren't you selling this stuff off? A thing called integrity. Mm. Integrity. It's haunted. It's haunted. Zach Vegas will buy it. I'm sure he would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but seriously, I mean, I, I mean, Steve's the same way. He's got a whole collection of these deaf dolls. I mean, we talked about it on our Patreon. By the way, if you're not a member of Patreon, you certainly should join. We want to welcome the two numerous mem members of Patreon. Uh, Jan Schmidt and Stephen uh, W.K. Scott, and thank you for joining us. And uh, you, you get we've got like 24 exclusive videos on there. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, we just say what we want to in these videos. You never know what's going to happen. Got a new one coming out. We just recorded. Oh yeah, one we just the recorded. Show, which is why we're late. Well, may, maybe we recorded it. We never know until this day is over. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, go to uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, and uh, you can sign up. I think it's three dollars a month. And then after a year, we give you. Check this out. You'll get a copy of the infamous Ghost Chronicles the magazine. Nice. What? Ghost Chronicles the magazine. Go to Leslie. Leslie, Leslie, said, <laughs> Leslie actually contributed to it. I did. I didn't think that ever came to light. Oh, but oh, here it is. It has. Five oh. years later, it has. It has <laughs> oh, risen God. just like just like uh, Spirit Quest this year, Resurrection from the Ashes. Well, Ghost Chronicles the magazine has resurrected, and I have seen the first copy of it, and it is freaking awesome. And uh, I'm excited, and this may be something uh, we are pushing to do on a regular basis. Uh, so it's it's an awesome. It's contributors. We have contributors from all over the world in this magazine, and uh, yeah. So uh, it, you can only get it on Patreon, by the way, right now. So there you go. If you've been on for a year, you get this magazine, which is amazing. I'm still seeing this haunted shop on eBay. Ron's haunted shop with a k this is a k5 haunting like from k1 like it, they say it's haunted but we can't really verify it might be or you know leslie won't even pick this thing up that's a k7 haunting <laughs> she won't even touch it yeah. she won't even touch it yeah don't laugh but um when i first started doing uh ghost hunting or whatever you want to call paranormal investigating with maureen right she brought me a uh, hematite necklace uh guys wear a necklace yeah, of course. okay so this hematite if you're greek or italian <laughs> yeah well it's not gold it's hematite and it has a hematite cross on it right so i used to wear it uh because hematite is grounding leslie right yes it is yeah so i used to wear it on my my investigations and stuff right so the the cheapo clasp on it 
uh, broke. So Circles of Wisdom, uh, there's a girl there, and she fixed that stuff. So I brought it in. I put it on the counter. She goes, eh, I'm not going to touch that. She Why? says, that's full of negative. Wow. Yeah. She could just feel it? Yeah, she could just feel it without even – actually, you know her. It, would, it was Joy. Oh, it was Joy? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I believe it was Joy. And Joy's if it wasn't good. Joy, I'd take that back. Uh, <laughs> Joy's pretty positive. It must have really affected her. Well, that was – It's a protective and grounding stone. Maybe it protected you from all of that evil that was on it, all that negativity in it. And so what we have here – what do we have here? A, a, a ghost absorber? Ooh, that's the marketing skills right yeah, there. There we go. We're gonna build myself a little ghost trap here on a hemo trap. Hemo hemo tight. It's a ghost vaccination, Ron. Come on, get with the times. It's not vaccination. It's a ghost vaccination. Ghost immunity. No, it's not we like don't want that. We we need the ghosts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Leslie, I wanted to ask you about because we just talked about grounding. There's a Red Sox player, <laughs> Adam Adam Ottavino. <laughs> Who has a ritual before every game where he goes out in his bare feet in the field and sits on the field and he grounds with the field and it's become popular. A couple of guys in the clubhouse are doing it too. You know anything about ground, earth ground? It worked real like well that? for the last game, didn't it? I know, right? Five hours. Yeah. Um, a practice in meditation is to put your feet flat on the ground so you can connect with Mother Earth. So that's just what he's doing, and I agree with uh, whatever he's doing because it's going to do nothing but positive things for him. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's something real about it. positive things for him. There's a, yeah, it hasn't lately, but yeah, there's a transfer of energy from the earth to, to you, right? When when you're on the, when you're on the earth barefoot. Yes. Wait a minute. Or is the earth sucking your energy into it? Think about that. There's a transference of energy. How do you like that? Okay, yeah. Yeah. You get dirty feet and the earth gets your energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. So when I meditate, I connect myself to the ground and to the universe. So I yeah, we do the, we do the universe. I mean, we do the seance. We, we, people put their feet flat in the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So gotta keep grounded, man. And of course, we have the uh, the uh, what's his face name uh, Kylie Irving who came in and Kyrie saged Irving the garden. Saved the garden yeah. yeah, you know. Oh, and by the way, back to the Satan thing for a second. Oh, there was this uh, the six six six. Yeah, there was a player in the NHL, Miroslav Satan. Last name Satan, S A T A N, but yeah. it's Miroslav Satan. And if you go through at the time, if you go through the player pages, Leslie, they'd have all the stats and everything and little notes on the player and things like that. And they're all the the URL up the top, the page name was numbers. And some clown at ESPN put his number at 666. Miroslav Satan's num page number that? was 666. <laughs> I just laughed my ass off. It was great. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I, how can you pass that up? Well, that was an opportunity found right there. Exactly. One of those little inside jokes that I love that are not obvious that people got to work to get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's not obvious? How can that not be obvious? Well, you go to his player page on ESPN. Who looks at the URL and what the what the player number is? Yeah, I suppose. Number to six. Who does? I, <laughs> does. I don't know why I noticed it, but I noticed it. So remember we had in the show, we had the, the Italians show guys. Yeah. And he had baseball cards and he said one was haunted or something. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Was there one haunted? Yeah, I couldn't have him. We were gonna go his host and oh no, he, there was one that that he lost. And whatever. It was yeah, it's a... so I mean he was go he he used to go he still goes away for a few months to Florida. So he has these expensive baseball cards. So he hid one 
and didn't remember he hit it. <laughs> and then came back, he found it in like a pan in the drawer, and he thinks a ghost moved it. So, say there you go. Yeah. He put it somewhere safe. Could so happen. Could happen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, anyways, these uh, uh, people. Smokey Joe Wood, by the way, was the player. Really? Yeah. yeah. So any any of these items could like you buy anything. I mean, how do, how do you know what you're really getting? How do you know you're really getting? That's why we need a grading service. That's why you need to get involved. We've got people with expertise here who can give you an idea of how legitimate that haunting is. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, but you could have like somebody else, like uh, Mutt and Jeff, uh, do do the same thing Leslie and I do. And, and so, what would theirs be any different than ours? You have credibility. You're an uh, respected author. Well, Leslie they dig is a up respected some, medium. They could dig up some paranormal guys to do it. I'm sure. Oh, sure. They do their own service. There's several greeting uh, grading services, but hmm. but this would be the best one, right? It would be the best one, absolutely. So what do you think, Liz? Better Business Bureau of the, of the Paranormal. What do you think, Liz? Why not? <laughs> well, great, your haunted item. We'll tell you how freaking haunted it is. Okay, how's that? Will it make your teeth fall out? Okay. Think about it, though. You're selling it on eBay. Will the cows got... not produce milk? We'll let you know. Our haunted item is greater than K7. <laughs> Guaranteed to give you piles. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I mean, this this is the whole thing, and it it, it kind of irritates me. And and I did a one of the few blogs I did. I've actually did like three blogs, but one of them was like, "Who speaks for the dead?" And it's like, you know, mediums and paranormal investigators, and they come up and they say all kinds of crap they want, and the poor people that are the dead, right? They may, you know. I, it, it just irritates the crap out of me. They don't have a voice at all. So, uh, you know, oh, she she was he was a pedophile. And, uh, you know, it's like these people have relatives. These people have a bloodline. These yeah. people, uh, you know, might have been outstanding people. And why are you, you know, on absolutely no scientific basis at all? And what? Because a broken radio said evil or what? I don't understand that. There is such a moral obligation when you're doing mediumistic work to be true and honest with everything that you connect with. And I do not believe that you get a reading unless you get credible, accountable um, information that can be verified by the person who's sitting across from you. If you don't have that, then you're not working with medium who is being truthful and honest. So, so right. there, it's a moral obligation. I mean, but what <laughs> happens when you bring up information that the person you're reading isn't aware of? Well, it depends what that information is, and and right. if it and if it has any bearing on um, their character. Thank you. Yeah, um, I've had instances in the red light seance where I'm getting information about someone at the table and their significant other, and mom doesn't like that person, but I'm not going to tell them that. Yeah, that's not going to come out of my mouth because that's not something that that person needs to hear at that time. Exactly. Um, so. You have to be a filter on top of what you're getting because of the moral obligation. Um, it's just overwhelming to me that that people just 
like spurred out. Oh, he was a pedophile. He did awful things to children when they're on these like um, investigations. These public yeah, like yeah. If you if somebody's uh, got an old school that they do and they bring it and they're saying, well, this I, I'm picking up on a, a principal or or a teacher that was a pedophile and everything else, and, and they slander the crap out of them. And there's absolutely no verifiable records of any of that occurring in this place. But because some medium or some paranormal investigator had a broken box that, that told him it was, you know, people believe it. And then that, yeah. before you know it, it's the old uh, whispering in the ear thing. It becomes truth, you know. Yeah, and the investigator is looking for a headline. But let's go back to your previous example, Leslie, because I'm curious about this and where your responsibility lies. Let's go back to the example you talked about where you're reading for a woman and you're talking to her mother and her mother doesn't like her husband and her husband's there or maybe her husband isn't there, whatever. And you have to decide whether to pass along that information. You're like a realtor at this point. You've got you've got loyalties on both sides. Don't you have to serve the mother as well as the person that you're reading? Can you decide that I'm not going to pass that? Along? Hey, she gets paid by a mother. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if it's not for the highest good of the person across from me, then I'm not going to pass on that information. Yeah. Which is fair, and that's the way it should be. Why would you tell somebody something that was hurtful? Right. It's yeah, just no, I, I understand, but by the same token, you have a reading. Wouldn't you want to know the truth? Well, sometimes I've been in situations where things just blurt out of my mouth, and I think, oh, shit. <laughs> Can't take them back. <laughs> Ooh, um, um, recently, in a seance, I was like, oh, my God, he was a beep. <laughs> She's like, yeah, he was. But I was thinking, oh, my God, that should not have come out of my mouth. <laughs> but it did. Um, so sometimes, you know, sometimes it blurts. But I try to stay on top of that because, you know. When we do the red light seances, I mean, we, we, we get a lot of information. And, and sometimes we can verify it, which is what we want, right? This is, well, if we can verify it, it's great. That's. I uh, think for I me, mean, and some of it's, it doesn't make sense at all. I mean, we had one, we had a, a, a spirit come through supposedly in the, in the seance we did uh, last time or two times ago. And it was a, he was there for an hour. Okay. So that's a long time for a, a spirit to, to be there. And we got quite a bit of information and, and, you know, it was like strange, but, but we're able to verify it, which is the, the coolest thing. We got his name, which is odd. well, which makes sense to us at the time yeah. because of the way it was spelled. But hey, guess what? That was his name. Yeah, verification and means of some sort of records and Wilhelm shit, <laughs> shits, shits. Excuse me, spelled S C I T Z, right? Is that what oh. it was? Wilhelm yeah. shit. Well, I'm shits. And he I said shits, and, and they all lay like, like, oh, Ron, you're just being an asshole. But it turned out to be that. <laughs> and he told us that he had signed the book at Ellis Island. So Jim, who is our tech guy, at the Jim's Stone, yeah. he he's great. He gets on. He found him in in the records of Ellis Island. So how wow. cool is that? So we had an actual verification of a name. Now. You tell me where that information came from. Me? If you're being a skeptic, you try to be a skeptic. We have, uh, I forget how many people are at there, six or something like that. There wasn't too many. It was like, uh, say six people, six, seven people. All right. Who the heck at that, if you were reading minds, who the heck at that? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. 
Yeah, because a skeptic would say you hit a name, you hit a name in, in the Ellis Island rules, but that's not a name you would come up with if you were trying to exactly. do that, right? Exactly. I mean, you would pick Smith. Gary Brown. Smith, <laughs> yeah, O'Brien, you know, something like that. Callahan. Yeah, Callahan. Yeah. Blasey. No, there aren't many Blasies. <laughs> but, you know, it, so that that is intriguing as hell. To me, that uh, I really, you know, that that it, that tickles my fancy, to be honest with you. Uh, when Hard you and verifiable information. And that's yeah. what, you know, that's what you strive for in media. You know, you can't always get it, to be always, yeah. honest with you. But we do get some information. And there are times like, uh, you know, there was one time Leslie picked up uh, a girl from New Hampshire, but they died in New Hampshire, remember? And one of the scientists. Do you, yeah. do you remember that one? It was in like a circus tent. Yeah. And the, the the tent collapsed on her. And uh, she was about six, I think. Is that right? And uh, so Jim looked that up. Hey, guess what? <laughs> there was a circus accident in New Hampshire. With the, so when was this? I don't remember. I, was, yeah. I can't remember either. <laughs> that's a I mean, very specific set of circumstances. Right well, that's the thing. We yeah. get sometimes we get some really, really good specific thing. We got. Um, some guy coming through who was on board uh, one of the ships that uh, tried to go through the Northwest Passage and they... It was uh, the same night. What was it? That was the same night. Was it really? Yeah. And they got frozen in? Yeah, it was a guy that died on that ship. And we, we got kind of got the name of the ship. It was, you know, in all fairness, it wasn't exactly, but it was yeah close to it, which is what happens sometimes because... Uh, I I did a last uh, last week's show with uh, Steve on uh, Next Generation. Uh, I did it with Stephen Scott, and we talked a lot about seances and mediumship and so forth. And uh, sometimes the information is goes through us, so it, sometimes it gets filtered. And he talked about more vibrations, so you have vibrations have to be really in tune, or else you can get a little bit lost in translation, basically. And sometimes things that come through make no sense at all to the medium but to the other person for, for instance um one of the things we talked about is that uh you know stephen scott being a scottish medium he, he comes over there so i said so so what uh what if there was this this guy and he wanted to get a message to uh the, the person he was talking to that to let him know it was him and or, or something that evolved and and it was like a cardinal or something and so Steve said, I would say Red Bird because I don't know what a cardinal was. Yeah. So you see, it still has to go through the, the person it's going through, the, the human, to uh, get the message across. So sometimes it gets screwed up along the way. Sure. Um, we have problems with dates. Dates is our biggest problem. Uh, don't you think, Liz? We have a few problems. I, I don't think it's um, a problem. I think it. we just need to, um, I don't know, hone in on uh, on sharpening that skill. I don't, that's where I differ with you because I don't think, I think it's not our problem. It's pretty much the spirit problem and, and establishing time because we try to get it to do dates, which is difficult. And I think we should do, be doing more of events things that they're familiar with yeah like who's president or yeah um, that old that old line who's president at the time or, or something like that, that but makes sense because 
I don't, not sure. You know, time is a man-made thing. It's it's something we create ourselves to measure different uh, our lives and, and everything. But um, we we don't know what it's like in the in the, the spirit world and, and what it's it's it, how they conceive time. You know, I mean, I I remember uh, I was in the uh, oh the Tenney Gatehouse, and um, I was there, and uh, somebody said to me. He doesn't like your, your hat. Why do you have that hat on? And it was it was uh, um, a spirit from a different time who didn't know what a baseball cap was. So it, it didn't, he didn't like that we had had a hat on yeah. or something like that. So you can see that where, okay, so if you're a different time, uh, it'll, it'll show up. So that's who the president was, world events, things like that. You can try to. Because yes, yes, that that's what I said. Right, that's yeah. what we should be doing at rather than time. I noticed in seances we we do have difficulty in getting time sometimes. Uh, it's, <laughs> we have a member of our circle who is invaluable. She is oh, a super costume super um, awesome. person, and so I can also tell a member of Patreon, by the way. <laughs> I can tell her what I'm seeing, and based on what I'm telling her, and she'll say, "Well, is the skirt hooped or is it?" Bah-bah? And I give her the um, exact details, and she can help us pin down the time period. Yeah, it's it's important to have her. people like that involved yeah. in this stuff. Yeah. So do you do a lot of that uh, googling or research during the séance itself? Jim does. Yeah. 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 It's good to have. Jim, look up this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah some of it's really good. I mean, we we can verify. I mean. It's 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 intriguing, and that's why I do it. I want, of course, we always want more, right, Liz? We always want more. Yeah, we always want more. But yeah, and the and the interesting thing, there are some nights that are uh, more active than other nights, sure. which to me, I understand it. We always want it to be active, right? <laughs> but unfortunately, we can see that where you know they're not trained monkeys, you know, and, yep. and we don't get the same spirits that come through all the time. Although we do get some repeaters, right? We do, we do. And uh, sometimes we think, oh, it's a full moon or, oh, there's a storm brewing and it never seems to work out in our favor. <laughs> or the music we're playing or whatever. Yeah. No. No, it comes the- down, what are these spirits doing in free time? I know, right? They've got nothing else to do. <laughs> think, but what, what is time? Free time? What is time? Yeah, I know, but there's got to be something. They've got to be occupied with something, don't mm-hmm. they? I don't know. The other thing is how much of how much are they cognizant of our world versus their own? Their own. Can they see us as we are? The world or the spirit world is the world that whatever the world they're in, or their own world. Can they see it at face value? I mean, I'm talking to you. um, You're talking to me, and we're having an exchange. Um, So they have no eyes. They have no nose. They have no smell. They have no feel. They have no thing. How how can because they're part of the greater consciousness. They don't need eyes to see. They don't need air to breathe. Leslie's not using any of her senses when she's communicating with spirit. No, I'm not. Yes. I, yes. I, I look off yes. and... Whoa, 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 whoa. What yes. makes you think she's not using... I can using smell. This? I can smell. I can, yeah. So I do use my my um, senses, but um, I'm in a different place in my head. That's, that's not true because you also feel the pain of them. And it's also there are times when you are touched by them. No. So Wait, oh, there's you're not hearing me. I'm in a different place in my head. Yeah, there's two different things. It here. doesn't matter there's where your head I'm is. Using, I'm using my body and all its functions, but I'm also using 
different skills at the same time that I don't quite understand. If she comes up with a smell, and we've had we've had this before, you I can smell old people. Well, you can you can come up with a smell in your head that doesn't exist in the real world. There might be a memory that might trigger. We had the woman on who called about a grand, her father, her husband's tobacco or father's tobacco smoke. Yeah, you can come up with that smell almost by mentioning it. It doesn't mean the stimulus is there. It means it's triggered in your mind. It, or does it? Well, well, well stim- that's not true because you can sit in a table and you'll have uh, more than one person smell something, or more than, uh, more than one person hear something, or more than one person see something. So it's still in a physical world. Yeah, I'm sure some of it is, but it's not necessary. Not Which necessary I have no idea how we ended up where we are, by the way. Because we were talking about the other way around. Now we're bringing it in this way. So I don't know, whatever. No, you were, you were talking that how do they perceive us because they, yes, can't, how they, perceive they us. can't see, smell, taste, or touch. It's not necessary. I don't think it's necessary to communicate. See, I'm, I'm thinking back as I do get smells that I don't smell with my nose. Um, I am aware of, I've, I'm made aware of like, um, he's a pipe smoker because I can smell the pipe smoke, but it's not in the atmosphere. So I guess it goes both ways. We hear things that aren't there. We see things that aren't, aren't physically there. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that end of it. Okay. Is if you're seeing stuff or smelling stuff or hearing stuff that is not in our physical world, is that, is it possible that you are opening up your mind to another dimension, another world where you're actually astral projecting into another world or another dimension or another? Honestly, Ron, I don't know how it works. I just know it happens. No, that's the thing. This is discussion. So you can say what you believe in and what you think. I, I just throwing stuff out there, basically, um, to the wall, whatever sticks, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's so intriguing. Be, you know, I don't know. It is, yeah. It it drives me. Anyway, I saw a reading. I was reading a couple of stories this weekend about consciousness, and they've got scientists talking about what consciousness might be and might not be. What and do you that, got? That's the basic question here, isn't it? So, what consciousness so is what, and what, how we exist. Yeah. In it. So what 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 are you you reading these articles? Tell us a little more. A little. Oh, um, these what, guys are what, just talking about. Um, there were a couple of articles a few weeks ago about consciousness and quantum physics, but there was an article that came up on my newsfeed yesterday or the day before uh, with this guy. And I got to be honest with you, it was a it wasn't scientific American, but it was something along those lines. And there was this guy who was talking about consciousness and he was explaining consciousness. And Leslie, I read the whole damn article and I have no idea what the guy said. I got no, <laughs> no idea what the hell he was talking about. I spoke consciousness. <laughs> huh? I spoke consciousness. See you in. Yeah. S-C-I. S-I? S-C-I. Oh, S-C-I. Hang on. I got it. I got it. Basically, basically, the discussion with consciousness is whether we produce consciousness ourselves. In other words, does our mind or our brain produce our consciousness, or does our consciousness exist outside of our, our body and our mind and our brain? Is it a separate thing? You know, it's, um, and that's the basic question. According to this, consciousness at its simplest is this sensiness awareness of eternal and external existence i i connect to a different consciousness right yeah and that it's funny as as skeptical as i can be at times that seems plausible to me that seems like something that's so underdeveloped in humans and uh i know ron's good as religious beliefs but when people ask me about religion 
I, I feel like there's a God, but I feel it's a collective consciousness. That's the way I, that's the way I kind of describe God. That's the way I feel about God. And so why do you not think that in religion it wouldn't be any different? Well, religion as it was presented to me anyway, or as I interpreted it, I might be wrong, but religion is presenting me this guy with a beard who sits on a throne. and That's and called it, an analogy because at yeah. the time people were simple-minded and they right. needed a simple thing, to something they could wrap their thing around. Right. But it, it's... It's much greater than that. It's yeah. Uh, so yeah, I believe it is. We don't know. This is consciousness is, and that's the thing of it because consciousness can't be um, can't be sensed with any of our five senses. So we have no way to deal with. It. In other words, we can't see it, taste it, smell it, touch it. You know. So it's because it's not the it's so it's the receptor, not the. Re well, yeah, it, yeah. Is, Which uh, makes me wonder: when we lose consciousness, like we're, if we're in a coma, where do we go? That's the six thousand dollar question. I, I uh, started a project called the, the Human Soul Project, and and some of the uh, uh, research I did. Sorry. <laughs> some of the research I did. I'll close that out now. <laughs> strange shit going on here. The universe is signaling us. Yeah, some of the strange stuff that's. That, no, it's not, I don't even know now. Uh, you know, some uh, soul. That's that's the way religion deals with consciousness. I believe consciousness, soul. Yeah, yeah. they're interchangeable. And um, one of the leading anesthesiologists, I believe, it's the University of Arizona, uh, had done a lot of work on it, and it, it's intriguing because we are aware that consciousness exists, but for instance, when they put you under anesthesia they don't know where consciousness is or goes it, or goes <laughs> they have no idea how anesthesia works you know that's the fascinating that, thing because it works on something they don't it's understand that's fascinating i mean i suppose what it, is the difference between that moment of death and life before at the moment before what is it what is the sum of that difference what is the sum of the difference at birth what is it what are we instilled with and what do we lose that makes a difference between life and non-life i mean what is that i mean it's it's a fascinating question what are you looking up I, i'm just curious because i'm looking at more on the consciousness i'm, I'm in a, a decent site here that uh stanford uh and consciousness is a genetic sense of simply being sentient creature, a one capable of sensing, sensing, and responding to the world. Uh, being conscious in this sense may emit of degrees, may be emitted of degrees. Just what is sensory capabilities, and are they sufficiently so that when you get on, oh, wow, I don't know. This, this is like totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's just like, it's so consciousness is, is your feeling of being, ex, of be, of, is your. Consciousness is your connection to the world. You see and you hear. I mean, you're, you're aware. You're, you're, you can interact. You are aware of the world around you. I mean, that, that goes all the way back to what is you? Yeah, exactly. 
seriously. I mean, it, it goes circle. I mean, what is you? You are a conscious being. So if you are unconscious, are you no longer you? <laughs> no, you're just a closet somewhere that no one knows. <laughs> So, no, if they put you under and you become unconscious, are you no longer you? Hmm. Because well, I have been unconscious. you are consciousness. What? I have lost consciousness and been above myself. That's, so, that's, it depends. I'll give you the answer to that question in a way that will confuse everybody because that's, that's what this discussion is all about. Confusion. You say when you become unconscious, are you still you? Mm -hmm. What's you? In other words, your body. That's what I was just yeah, saying. Yeah. It's, do you just consider you? Your body, you, and I think that's the wrong approach. I think your consciousness is you. No, no, no. No, I don't think anyone's saying, is their body you? Uh, well, I know. I'm trying to rephrase the question that you asked. Are you still you? Are you still you? Yeah, your consciousness is still there. If you are your consciousness and your consciousness is not there, then are you no longer you? Because we always say we don't know what happens to the consciousness when it becomes when we become unconscious. They, yeah. See, not being a medical doctor and not knowing much of anything about this at all, my thought would be your consciousness never goes away. Your relationship with your body and your consciousness might change for a period of time under anesthesia, for example. But your consciousness still exists and is still functioning. It's just not talking to your body at the moment. I like how you phrased that. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Your consciousness. So you're saying, no, then you would be aware of what was going on. He's You're saying aware? that the communication between your body self. Yeah, I understand that. I, I got that part. But where does your consciousness physically go? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe consciousness travels. In other words, I don't think consciousness is contained in a body somewhere. I don't think consciousness is in a bucket. It goes from one room to another. I think you don't think so. No. You sure? Well, the Gita says consciousness is an ocean. All right. What happens? <laughs> to We're trying to answer all these existential questions. And right they here. are. Yeah. Oh, here it is. What happens to comatose? Consciousness in a comatose person's brain appears to be turned off by an interference with the brain's communication between the brainstem and the cerebrum cerebellum which effectively controls the cognizance conscious so now i can see that so that we're when you're in a coma you're still there but you're not yeah coma go ahead that's as much as they gave me on that so the brain, so the brain is the liaison the anesthesia, the anesthesia is turning off the connection yeah the brain is the liaison between your consciousness and your body so and if if you're medically turned turns off, it up. yeah. Right. So if you're medically turned off, then your consciousness would still be there, just not able to communicate, right, with the body. I don't think it goes off to some sort of like retreat. <laughs> but it it does if you listen to some people, because we know that in near death experience people have seen themselves and were able to retell uh, experiences that occurred while they were dead. Okay, and, that's, that's and also, also while they were in operation and they were unconscious as well or under anesthesia, they can still report these same circumstances. So you have this, whether you're dead 
or your body's still alive, you still having these experiences. Go ahead, Liz. Maybe there's a point where your body is about to shut off, where your consciousness is allowed to leave and go elsewhere. Um, but there's also astral travel where people can consciously leave their bodies. So Which I guess it depends on the person and what they want to do, not the person, but the spirit of that person and what they feel comfortable doing. Like if, if one feels comfortable traveling outside of their comfort zone, their body, then they, they can do that if they want. I guess it's personal comfort level. And I'm guessing that connection between the consciousness and the body isn't a light switch. It's more of a, like, for example, in those in near-death experiences or something like that, maybe there is still a connection for a while as long as the body, because, again, there's that time period after death before, you know, we don't know what goes on in a person, what goes on in a person after they've, quote-unquote, died for a period of time. In other words, does brain death happen immediately? Do you, you know, is the consciousness hanging around for a few seconds? We don't know that because it has no way to communicate with us but there are also those instances where people have been brain dead and an hour later or whatever they come back and say oh yeah i was underwater for an hour and <laughs> and uh i was able to be revived um so i it's again that personal choice that i'm thinking that you want to stay you have the choice whether you can stay or you can go i don't I'm not sure if we have a choice um, to stay Sometimes or go. Sometimes I would think that if you were offered the opportunity to stay, you would. No, that's not not true because there are many instances where where people have not wanted to return to their body and consciousness and and have. Yes, uh, my dad um, did not want to leave this world, but he did. He was hanging on. He was hanging on. But, um, but the other way around, there are people where, where they had these near-death experiences where they were so happy and everything else, they did not want to go be returned sure. to their body, but yet they did. So they were... I would, think you have some control, but it's not absolute. Think about the situations you've been in a nursing home where uh, someone is leaving, but they won't leave until they see their daughter. They won't leave till they see their granddaughter and they just hang on. And then not only do they hang on and stay but here, that, but is they that decide just, to let go afterwards. Is that just the sheer uh, will or consciousness to keep that body alive until it, yep. it completes its whatever it wants done, whether it's seeing somebody or, or making their birthday or whatever. But that exercises some control. And how many elderly couples... Exercises control over the body, but not necessarily exercises control over the consciousness. Okay. Yeah, I know. So, for instance, if you're, un if you're an unconscious and you, you come to the, a better place and you don't want to go back, but you get dragged back in, in some of these experiences that people have reported, then it shows that they don't have control on it, but I, I see what you're saying. As far as that, you do have control over your well, body. Think, again, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an absolute. I think in some cases you can will yourself to stay a little longer or go earlier. How many times have you seen a couple? The wife dies and the husband goes two weeks later or goes a week later or something like that. Yeah, they just let go. They gave up. My my mother let go. It's because he doesn't know the password. So <laughs> I'm going. It was. Like, I'm not going to try to figure this out. <laughs> it was hours after she was told she was going to be in a nursing home for the rest of her life. She just let go. Yeah. You know, she just decided. Yeah. Maybe it's a case by case. Yeah. We don't know. It's hard saying not knowing. I don't think there's a rule book. No. There's no rule book? No rule book. 
Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's so, it's, it's just so fascinating. We know that, you know, consciousness is linked to uh, receptors in the, in the brain. We, we do know that. Okay. That has to be. Yeah. There's, well, there has to be some kind fire. of connection. Yeah. But it's also, um, it still can function even though these receptors at times, uh, basically that's what they do on the anesthesiology. They shut down these receptors. So we know that consciousness can still exist without these receptors. Yep. So once again, we don't know what consciousness is. All we know that how it controls the body is through these little receptors. Don't you essentially disconnect those receptors during dream state too? I mean, at night? I do not know that. You're going to make me Google that too. I just, <laughs> I'll be here all day. Google, that's your job. You're the professor. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in a dream. You're not paying attention to it's your possible. receptors in the bed. You're, you're, your mind is somewhere else creating its own world, you know, doing its own thing, listening to its own stimulus. But you're still in control. By the your... way, plenty of cases in there where a sense is shown, they see something, they hear something, they smell something, they touch something that doesn't exist in the physical world. Yeah. But it's just as real to the person. But we also know that during dream state too, that we still have control of our body, hence why people sleepwalk. And also the the old hag syndrome or, the, or uh, the, what's the other word for that, uh, where people will experience uh, they can't breathe, this presence in the room and everything else. We sleep know paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Yeah. We know that the the part of our natural function is that during sleep we shut off our body. Right. So that otherwise, because if we were killing people in our dreams, we could be killing our wife in our bed <laughs> or our husband. <laughs> so, I mean, we we have these things, but. We know how consciousness pretty much works with the body through these receptors and, and, and is able to control it. But we don't know what the hell consciousness what really it is. is. Where it really is. What it is, where it goes, where it comes from, where it is. So the, the you is really not your body. The you is more this consciousness, to me, anyways. I believe so. And I, I think that's an important mental health corner to turn to once you get in you get into that observer position and understand that you know it's like you're in a car you're not the car the, your body your mind that's a car you know you the real you your consciousness is driving it so if we believe let's let's believe that consciousness for lack of better terms is an entity okay okay so i gotta call it something sure so so if we believe this is a some type of, of entity, energy entity, I guess, is we good with this so far? We should sure. move somewhere else. Just all right. If my terminology is not going to work, just let me know. Energy is all we know. It's so the basis for everything. If we look in uh, people who become possessed or reincarnated, supposedly, which I don't believe, uh, <laughs> is it? Is it this? entity that actually goes into that other person and so are they hijacked in that person's body basically i mean that's pretty simplistic but this is the best i can do what i'm trying to say <laughs> so i'm a spirit that uh i'm not ready to go and there's that kid over there and he looks pretty vulnerable so i'm gonna go jump into that body and take over is that what you're saying yeah it's kind of evil yeah, but maybe we have, uh, you know, people who... Uh... All I know is what the Gita teaches. That's I've been doing that podcast for a long time, and I know their approach to this whole thing. What's their approach? Um, 
that just throw stuff out there. You gotta explain these things, Lou. The full consciousness, the consciousness is Brahman. That's what they call it. It's just and that's their thing for God. It's just this huge consci consciousness and consciousness in us is the Atman. And I'm talking like an I'm an expert here, so don't write if and you're killing me with these terms. Uh, is the Atman. That's the piece of the Brahman that's in us. When when some of it comes into us, it's called the Atman. So it's basically consciousness. Atman is consciousness. And they believe in reincarnation. And what they believe is that when you die, Atman returns to Brahman. But it brings along some of your, it's kind of like, as it's described to me, it's kind of like a SIM card chip. They bring along some of your desires, your needs, the things that you want to accomplish so that you go to your next life. And depending on how enlightened you become in your life, that determines the choices you get in your next life, to be in your next life. So this is why kids, for example, one can be a child prodigy at piano, right? They just somehow instinctively know how to play piano because it came from a past life. Or that if you have two kids, I don't know how many kids you have, Leslie. Uh, I have two kids. They're vastly different people. Same gene pool and, you know, same upbringing, same environment, same nature. But they're two vastly different people. And the Gita will tell you it comes from their previous lives, their wants, desires, things they need to continue to work on in this particular life. We know scientifically, though, that we are uh, not exact duplicates of our parents. So it's very, yeah. very likely that people are different because their DNA sure. is different. And so we have, for instance, you have uh, directly four people. I uh, know, excuse me. Yeah, well, yeah, four See, four, six people that made you, two people that made you, but two parents on each one of those, and you can go down the line. Thousands so of people, we, yeah. we all know that from our, our, our inherited features as well. So why wouldn't it be any different than our personality? Uh, why is that we acquire these different things from things? And, and everybody's environment, uh, even though you're in the same household, yeah, you, you do. You're not exactly raised identical. Uh, you sit in different classrooms at school. You have different friends at school. You have different things, and you're affected differently through it. So, I mean, I, I, to me, it's not an example of reincarnation. But I mean, it, that's your belief. That's your belief. No, I'm just reincarnation. Just... My biggest problem is that you know they the, the classic one they talk about is the little boy who loved the airplanes and everything else, and and uh, he ends up given all this pertinent information about this pilot and they, they find his wrecked plane and everything else. And, and they, they give him a burial and, you know, the kids got no more pilot in his brain. So th to me, that's not reincarnation. That's just, if anything, possession where, where a, a spirit or entity has been influenced this, this child or is in connection with this child. Like Leslie is connected to the spirit when she talks to him. And, and that information is is somehow tied. It's not really reincarnation. It, it's more just another spirit coming through. And then the, there's the whole thing of if you believe in a greater consciousness, how do you know you're not just tapping into the greater consciousness to where all the kasha rectas are, when all this other information is that you can pull out? Yep. I so I mean, it's I there's a variety of of. Uh, Thoughts and things. The problem is we can't prove any of it, which is we have, we have to go. But we correct, do. Correct me if I'm wrong here, because this reincarnation thing comes up. 
the Catholic Church has to believe in reincarnation, doesn't it? Because Why? the well of souls limits the amount of people that there can be over the over the period of time. There's only there's only X amount of souls according to the theory of the well of souls, right? Yeah, the guff the guff is empty. <laughs> but more and more people inhabit the earth, so how is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So if it's it'd be the same spirits over and over again. Yeah. And it's not because the population is growing. So that doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Something's not right. Because we don't understand everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And maybe the the, the thing is that, oh, we got to go. Yeah. All right. So anyways, that's. I enjoyed I, the hell out of this. I don't know what the hell we talked about. I know, but I enjoyed it. Lots of stuff. <laughs> that, that confused the, the whole day with me on this. So. Yeah. Us and everybody else. Nobody has. Nobody has the answer to this one. I'm coming back with the answer next week. <laughs> I'll have it all down black and white for you people out there who drink beer and there you go. <laughs> all right. Fun, Leslie, as always. Thank, thank you. you so much for joining us. Lou, Thanks thank for you. having me today. It was a pleasure. And thank you all those who listen to this. Have a good day and God bless. Ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.